0: Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where regular people share their stories to make the world a much sexier place. As always, please keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself. Go listen to the outro if you want to connect and enjoy. Our guest today is a 39-year-old polyamorous white queer cis woman who lives with her partner and kids, has a second committed partnership, and dates casually. She's fairly new to the kinky scene and so far leans pretty submissive. She enjoys being restrained, choked, smacked, bitten, and loves rough sex. Joining us from the Pacific Northwest, welcome Freebird. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Can you start out by telling our sweet listeners, if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer meter today with 10 being the most full of shame and one being not so shamey, where do you fall right now? Honestly... <laughs> It's hard to imagine feeling completely shameless, but
1: I would say right now, probably like a six or a seven, because I know we're about to talk about my sex life. Like, I would say it's more like a two or three, just talking about sex in general. But when we're talking about me, it's quite a bit higher.
0: Okay. Does it fluctuate around like total strangers, acquaintances and lovers for you? I would say it's higher just when the attention
1: is on me, no matter who the person is, probably less with my lovers. Are you shy about attention in sexy situations? I'm discovering that not so much. Like when the acts are happening, I I do tend to have an exhibitionist streak. But yeah, talking about it is a
0: challenge sometimes. Okay. Yeah, so I'm here to flex that, I guess. <laughs> Thank you for being here because if your shame meter if it is that hard, that's like pretty amazing. And it's so rare for the shame meter high people to come talk. So I feel very honored and grateful. Can you give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now?
1: Like you said, I live with my life partner, my husband, and I have a committed other partner as well. My sex life with my husband is actually not very active. It's not been active for quite some time. And that is definitely a lot of where my own shame comes from, because we've been together for quite a long time, but we have not been sexually compatible. Like It took a really long time to really accept that that was the case. And for some reason, acknowledging that and saying that out loud to ourselves, or to me at least, felt like almost an invalidation of the bond that we share. So that's been something that we've really been working on more. Like I've been working on that personally Mm. because my relationship with him is very, very strong. It's just not sexual, Mm. but my sex life with my other committed partner is awesome. It's amazing and it's long distance. So we're able to see each other every few weeks or so. And It is very satisfying and (laughs) wonderful. And then in addition to that, I do see people casually and I'm getting more involved in my local BDSM community and engaging in play that way. Amazing. What does sexy mean to you? To me, sexy is... It has an element of confidence to it, but also really, really an even more important part of that is a a level of self-awareness, like a pretty high level of self-awareness and the ability to communicate that. So like when I meet somebody who is just very comfortable in their own skin, when they're able to communicate with me the things that they like to have done to them, and they're able to communicate the things that they want to do to me, I find that very sexy.
0: When do you feel sexiest?
1: I feel sexiest when I feel powerful, and that takes work and maintenance for me. I found that I need to dedicate time and energy toward that, but I feel sexiest when I am just comfortable in my body, I'm comfortable in my skin, and I'm allowing myself to take up space wherever I am.
0: What counts as sex for you? For so long,
1: it was just penetration. That's what I thought. And now that's part of it. Sure. But it can be honestly as strange as this sounds. I think you can be having sex with someone across the room. Like, I I don't think you need to be touching somebody to be having sex with them. I think there's a level of eroticism and intent that can be reciprocated between individuals. And so like, even without touching, I think that you can share a sexual energy and have a similar experience to when you're touching them. Fuck yeah.
0: Did you ever get an explicit health and safety talk as a young person or a lesson in consent?
1: I would say no. Like, I mean, the health and safety talk that I got was the abstinence base. I grew up in a purity culture okay. and abstinence was heavily emphasized. I never got to talk about consent and well into my adulthood. And even now still like consent, the idea of it and the spirit behind it has really eluded me
0: for mm-hmm. much
1: of my life. It's been something that I never fully understood enough to expect it from other people. I would argue that the messages that I received growing up, and until quite recently, is it's my responsibility to anticipate the intent and actions of others. And that when somebody was sexually interested in me, it would mean danger, that sex Mm -hmm. was dangerous, that people who wanted sex were dangerous, and that I needed to protect myself from them rather than the idea of consent and having a conversation with somebody. So that's been its own path as well for me.
0: Okay. And it sounds like that's still active and unfolding for you.
1: It is. Yeah. It's something even just this past weekend, I would say I had a stepping stone with that, um, those conversations. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I relate heavily. And I think my clear boundaries around safety and needs are one of the reasons I historically have been rejected so much. And I'm just starting to put the pieces together that my friends who don't have the interpersonal problems that was the label I made for myself. Those are a lot of the same people who have overlap with when it comes to like their own difficulty in expressing a need or identifying it or whatever. So I'm making an effort to talk about consent more because I think for me, the definitions from Jossie East and then Janet Hardy from Ethical Slut People of mutual collaboration toward mutual pleasure. I'm sure I'm butchering the the way they say it's great, but that's like what my brain can remember, like mutual ongoing collaboration toward mutual pleasure that is agreed upon it's just so wild to me that that is not a given for so many of us and i totally also relate to the feeling of taking on all of that responsibility so can you share an example from your adult life of a time where there was an explicit yes and it was so fucking sexy yes so a few weeks ago i went to my first bdsm
1: party like a sex party And I was there intending to just observe and someone approached me and we were having a great conversation and chatting up. And he asked if I wanted to do a scene with him. And I was feeling more comfortable once I was there and just kind of relaxing into my body a bit. And I said like, well, that wasn't what I was intending on doing and being here, but sure we can have a conversation about it. And so I shared that I was new there and that I didn't know much, and I was inexperienced in that world, and he's like, "Oh, great, Have you ever negotiated a scene?" And so he actually stepped me through and gave me prompts, and you know, by the end of the conversation, I was like, "Yeah, like let's do this. Let's try that out and it was awesome.
0: That's amazing. I am so glad to hear that that was your first experience in a sounds like it was your first experience in a public kinky play space, mhm,
1: yeah we wound up doing an impact scene and it was, it was just great. It was, it was such a great step into that. And it was a very positive experience to me. I was grateful that he was so kind and patient. And he, he asked me, he's like, well, you know, I find you very attractive. Would you like to make out with me? And I said, no, thank you. And he's like, no problem. Like it didn't bat an eye or anything. And then, you know, he's like, are you open? Like, would you like to be restrained? Like here are some implements that I can hit you with. Like, how do you feel about these? And we just is like, is there anywhere that I can't touch or anywhere you don't want me to touch? Like, do you want to touch me? Like, just really like baby steps through the whole conversation. And it was just really welcome and comfortable. And I really appreciated it.
0: That is so amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And it sounds like based on the fact that your tone of voice is good, everything was respected that you laid down in your negotiation. Mm -hmm. So did you feel safe? Were you able to kind of like let go of that feeling of like always needing to like monitor other persons?
1: I did. And in fact, even while it was happening, like during the scene, like our negotiations were done and now we were playing and he goes, wait, are you ticklish? And I said, yes. He was like, damn it. I wish we would have negotiated that in. We'll have to do that next time. And Uh, so since we didn't talk about it, like he didn't want to change anything because I was new and we were getting to know each other. And so I just I really appreciated that
0: he didn't push me at all. I would love to share a recent story that I have and just insert myself here as a contrast. I recently was negotiating with someone who has years of experience. We never know what someone's type of experience is. We never know the texture. There's just a number of years of experience as a rope top. And we were having a negotiation and I was like something is strange here. And finally I was like, I feel like we're somehow talking about two different pages. Like What's a negotiation for you? Like, what are we using that word in the same way? Because I sort of was starting to see that there were assumptions and frameworks that were like not aligned. And I was like, this is not what I'm used to as a standard. How do I say that? Not that there's a standard experience top, like someone who actually can lead and does lead. And so he had some of those trappings. Anyway, it got to the point where it was clear that for me, a negotiation is like we negotiate ahead of time. We negotiate before the scene. And then once we say everything, that's the thing. And he says, I like to negotiate before every single scene. And my understanding, you know, trying to be woke as fuck, is that negotiation is always an ongoing conversation. So just because we say things and that, so there is the point of like, you can always say more no. But his idea was that in a scene, you might say more yes. And I said, that's interesting. How do you deal with the potentially scary harmful problematic idea that you know once a submissive gets increasingly turned on she might say yes she or he or they might say yes to something that they don't want and he's like you know that's one of the tricky parts and i was just like yeah dude and then we were just doing a little rope tie all we had discussed was doing a rope tie i discussed that i like to be grabbed that i like you know i'm open to certain types of penetration and i said if at some point in the future we get to a sexual relationship like obviously always barriers but You know, and he didn't have test results from that week. Like we had talked about that. And then when I'm all fucking tied up, this is the first time I'm meeting this person. But I know him through a friend. So I don't feel terrified. That's the moment that he goes, can daddy put his cock inside you? And I laughed in his face. Like I literally just burst. I went, no. And it was such a bummer. And he was graceful about it. But it was so disappointing on so many levels because. I did communicate clearly everything I said all of the things he didn't push when I said no but the fact that he asked at all is a boundary push so that's mm-hmm. a person I don't play with again so I just wanted to contrast that with your experience which is super fucking hot and on these notes of health and safety how are you around safer sex negotiations is that easier or harder like it's, especially as you are a polydater.
1: I don't have a problem with those discussions. And especially in the community, at least the people that I have been engaged with, like it's just super common and expected. It's just like, oh, OK, like we are clearly interested in each other. Like, here's my last test dates. Like, here's my deal. And, you know, what do you got? Amazing. Do you usually go first or do they go first? Usually I go first, Ooh, um, but not every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: not every time. Okay. So we've got some intro details. We have a feel for who you are. Take us back to your formative years. What do you remember hearing about sex first? What do you remember thinking and feeling about it first?
1: I remember asking the basic question, like, so what's with babies? Where do they come from? And then I got just a pretty rudimentary. (laughs) Actually, I asked my dad that question. I remember we were in the car driving somewhere and he was just like, Men put their penis in a woman's vagina and then things happen. And I'm like, I think I was in kindergarten. And I remember just feeling horrified at that idea. <laughs> just, just absolutely horrified. And so that was that. I mean, my whole youth and, and growing up, sex was, like I said earlier, dangerous. Like it was something to be feared. And that idea of abstinence, I know that that doesn't work for a lot of people, but it worked like a charm for me. I was terrified of engaging in sex and having that in my life until well into my adulthood.
0: Do you remember the parts that felt scariest?
1: It felt like I would be, because with purity culture, like it felt like it would be tainted and unwanted and unloved. So that message really landed. For me. So I wasn't even tempted to engage. So when people teach abstinence and want that results, like it worked great if that was the desire, like it worked really well. Tons of damage though, lots for me.
0: Were you able to experience any desire for yourself or pleasure? Like, did it include masturbation? Did it include all of it? it to a degree, but I still had a body and it still, like, was doing
1: things. So I remember taking like Barbie dolls or something into the closet and like making them have sex with each other. And I remember I was young and I figured out a way of masturbating. I didn't touch myself at all. That always scared me, but I would move my legs and like squeeze things. That that was the way that I masturbated until from like preschool. Like I didn't think sexy thoughts in preschool, obviously, but at some point, like I brought in sexy thoughts and got off that way. Totally
0: just from squeezing am I understanding correctly? was there anything else between yeah. there you can you're just shaped no. so that can you still do it
1: I do it yeah I do it I still do it I, it's one of my orgasm types and it's just kind of like the blood in my body, like it's held and then it just releases out and I, I fall asleep. I used to do it. My mom still talks about it. I don't know if she actually understands what I was doing but she remembers seeing me at nap time, like do this thing. And like my teachers would talk about it cause like I'm a kid and yeah. I'm on the ground on a mat with everybody else and mm-hmm. like, all right, there's um, free bird. Like my mom's like, she's just relaxing. <laughs> I
0: mean, true.
1: <laughs> and that was how I engaged with my body for years you and years. squeezed and years. yourself
0: to orgasm. Yeah, I did. And do. And you still so can. Wow. I wow. still can. This is yeah. amazing. Was there any guilt feelings around that, or was it kind of in a different category because of how, like, do you remember? It was like my secret. It was like a secret
1: thing that I did. And so I didn't feel so guilty, but I also didn't understand. Like I didn't know. Like I thought I was this odd person who could do this thing. And I never talked about it to anybody. It was just something that I kept to myself. Wow.
0: So when and how did partner exploration start unfolding? I had a
1: boyfriend in high school and he was in a similar boat we would go to his house i would go to his house almost every day and we would go in his room and make out and do like boob stuff and that's it and we dated for yeah. a couple of years that was as far as we got there was just no interest on either it apparently like he never asked i never asked yeah. to go farther than that i was 16 or 17 that was it and as i got older i had other boyfriends <laughs> I think I was 18 before I even felt someone's dick. And like, someone, he grabbed my hand and like, on his dick, through his pants. And again, like, my body and my mind were just like, oh my God, that's a dick. You know, it was just yeah. it was scary. I was just, I was really
0: scared. Was the abstinence culture pervasive in most of your friendships too? Or did you have any friends for sure. were like a sexy slap? Okay. Okay. No. Wow. No. Okay.
1: It was a very sheltered community for m- my
0: bubble. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. world was. So then we're 18 and this guy's putting your hand on his dick. Like how did you get to where you are now? What happened next? What unfolded and when did you finally start enjoying touching? Well, when did you start touching people? When did you enjoy it? So,
1: I've been with my husband. We've been married for a very long time. Like we've been together for 18 years at least. And he was actually my first sexual partner, intercourse and oral too, I'm pretty sure. So, we explored that for a while and it would be fun and then it would be not fun. And when I had our children, the sexual chemistry like went way down. Like that was a huge life shift that I don't think either of us was really prepared for. And so like the lasting effects from that was just, I actually got to a point where I asked myself, am I broken? Like, is there something wrong with me? Like, and even to the point where I thought like, am I asexual? Like there's just no interest. There's no drive. Like my body just isn't doing what it seems like it's supposed to do. So that's been a whole journey and I'm going to skip over like tons of things, but getting to a point where before the pandemic, we started having conversations about opening the marriage and we did it in a way of like it was really deliberate. We talked about it for probably like two and a half or three years on and off because it seemed like our options were continue to be together, but then not have this huge element of like being a human or dissolve the relationship and part and neither of those felt acceptable. So. We talked extensively. We got counselors to help us step into this life and actually started engaging with other people late last year. Wow. So this is fairly new. It's quite new. I started questioning my sexuality again once it was to a more stable place. Like it was new, but it was stable and we felt responsible and ready enough to actually start engaging with other humans (laughs) Yeah, so he started seeing somebody and exploring that, and the pressure and just so much melted off of both of us. It's just like, okay, so this with he and I, like this part, it has never worked the way that we wished that it would. And like, that's how it is, and it's okay. But like, look at this over here. Like, this is amazing and wonderful. So, how did I get here? Going back to your original question, I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, like looking back, it's been a blur and tons and tons of work internally and therapy and all this. And then just meeting some truly astonishing and amazing people throughout it. So I met my other partner in January of this
0: year. It sounds like you and your husband are able to have tough conversations. Yeah. How long did it take for that to start, especially specifically about your sex life? Mm -hmm. When did those start happening? And many people I hear from don't have the words. How? It sounds like maybe it evolved a lot over the years, but it sounds like also you continued to have them. So I would love to hear what words or who brought it up or how or anything you can share there.
1: It was definitely I brought it up for sure. I'm the one that initiated the conversation about opening the marriage. In 2018 was when that happened. And kind of the activator with that, I was just minding my business in a general state of unhappiness, as was my norm for a quite
0: quite as some time. Our norm right now in the world, because most of us are living in societies that are not built for human bodies to function properly. Yes. So I remember at one point,
1: someone approached me out of nowhere while I was commuting. Like they had seen me every day on the bus. And he goes, can I tell you that you are gorgeous? And I looked at him and the first thought I had was, oh my God, can you see me? And just my mind kind of exploded because I realized how invisible I had felt and how little space I had occupied in the world for so long. Like that was pivotal, personal moment for me where it's just like, this is fucked up and I don't want to live like this anymore enter in like new journey to figuring out how I can live in my body and while that entails. So that meant definitely going to therapy and unpacking a lot of my own stuff, but also just like learning to love this body too. It was a huge piece of it. So I will take myself out on dates. I will, you know, have Full and elaborate masturbation sessions. I will get dressed up. I'll like groom and have this nice time. I'll get a drink for myself and just like come into my space and I'll dance and just inhabit my own body and just move in a way that is just for me. And then I will feel really good and sexy and then I'll masturbate in front of the mirror. And it's just like, I cannot harness that power better than when I do that. And then it just kind of radiates out. And I know that's anyway.
0: That's hot as fuck.
1: And I went off on a tangent there.
0: Well, but that's a very important, I think, tangent, because how can we have a sex life with anyone else if we don't have a relationship with our own body that is friendly and loving?
1: Yeah. So as that journey personally unfolded I would bring in my husband too and just you know have those hard conversations like hey this you know this isn't working well, but like let's have these tough conversations like what do you think about this how would you feel about that it I mean it was ugh, thousands of hours yeah. of
0: talking yeah. but yeah before 2018 when you had that magical moment on the bus with what was surely an angel <laughs> a sex angel <laughs> Were you engaged in your own sexuality or when it was off? Was it just about being broken? Like, was there porn? Was there pleasure? Was there there lingerie, erotic, anything? Like, what was your relationship to sex generally feeling like? There were attempts at all of those things. There were
1: sincere and real attempts to spark something. But the problem with it was that the motivation behind it was to try and fill what I thought I should be. Sexually, than asking myself what I actually was and what I wanted.
0: Oh, I can relate to all of that.
1: Yeah, it was looking outside of me to try and find a solution, I guess, or to try and fix this
0: connection. I feel like I'm always looking everywhere to look for myself. I'm like, is she over there? Exactly. Is she over there? Is she over there? Is she over there? Yeah. <laughs> if I grab that one, yeah. will I be me? Will I be full? Yes, that. Lastly, I just want to hear if there's anything from the last five years when you were like, oh, I do want to change something. I want to have a relationship with my body. Are there any tangible, practical things you did? It sounds like going on dates, but is there anything else that you feel like other listeners might benefit from hearing about? Yes.
1: One thing that I did that was really hard was just standing in front of a mirror and thinking about all the things that I love about my body and doing that naked that was important but just like calmly like taking in all the things that were great even just for 5 minutes which i found to be difficult but then it's just like building on top of that i found that to be helpful
0: that's beautiful thank you okay so when did it start to feel like oh my gosh maybe the work i've been doing maybe this is going to work we made it through a pandemic maybe there will be sex like what was that transition like and then like What came first in this new era? Well, my husband met
1: a partner first and started doing that. And so that was a great transition. And then once we tried, like, okay, so like, yeah, this is working. This is okay. Like we keep touching base and having those conversations and checking in regularly. Then I got to a point where I was brave enough to go on the apps. (laughs) I put myself out there. It's a big deal. And it was a big deal, actually. And yeah, I went on one date with somebody and that I was too nervous. I had too much to drink. And then we made out in his car and I gave him a hand job, and I was like, and then we, I just never saw him
0: again. Broke the seal though.
1: Yeah, broke the seal. That's <laughs> That's right. That worked out perfectly. And then I matched with the person I'm now in a committed relationship with. And we went out on a date and it was funny because that same day I had met my husband's partner, so my metamorph, mm-hmm. and then went on a date with this other person. So I was completely overwhelmed emotionally. Like, that was such it's a busy a day. It's big
0: poly day. It's a big new poly day, especially.
1: Yeah, it really was. And at the end of the date, I was like, oh, man, I like this person a lot. Like, I really do. I like this person a lot. But I think my head is going to explode if I try to do anything with him. So I gave him this really awkward hug in the parking lot and like, I wouldn't let go. And then I let go and just ran away and <gasps> screamed in my car. <laughs> it was just, it was so funny. And since it's long distance, like 95% of our relationship is actually over text and phone calls. Okay. But our second date, the whole plan was just to make out in the car. Cause I had done the awkward hug and run away. He's like, I really wanted to kiss you. And I was like, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do that. And so he picked me up and we went out to like a trailhead somewhere. It was winter and there was snow on the ground and he made the back of his car all nice, had the pillows and everything all set out and we were making out and he has had many more partners, much more experienced than me, but he fingered me and I swear like a chasm opened up in my mind and I fell into it. This is amazing this is the best thing ever there were people around and I could not be quiet it was yeah it was wait great. like how, where were they like right. they were there? going hiking they oh were God, like amazing. parking their car and going hiking and the hatch was open and I couldn't not that's awesome it was very hot
0: okay what else have you discovered about yourself tell us turn-ons turn on. tell us about your body what does she love
1: She does four different types of orgasms. There's the squeeze, which is just kind of nice and relaxing. There's kind of like a rolling one, which can go on for quite a long time, which is lovely. There's like an exploding one. like That was new for me with my other partner where he's... I
0: love getting fingered. (laughs) Say more. more. What do you love about it? How do you like it? How many fingers? How rough Is that where the roughness starts? I think it's too. It's where it starts
1: sometimes. And and honestly, I'm like, can you show me how you do this? Like, Can we figure this? I want to learn your magic ways. We haven't done that yet, but because I can't pay
0: attention. Right. You can't pay attention. That's the thing. It's hard to pay attention. And then for me, seeing myself is so much harder than figuring another person. I don't know. Yeah. I did get one of those like
1: curved glass dildos to try to try and do that
0: but it's not the same it's just not the same same. so you love getting fingered yeah your four orgasms and then there's like an explode one
1: where it's really intense peak and then like please don't touch me at all anymore yeah because yeah yeah but the most intense one is usually I do it myself with a vibrator it's long and it's just like a full like contract and squeeze and my body is just so happy and i usually i'm a squirter i usually squirt when i do that
0: do you squirt without anything inside of you or does it have to get triggered oh yeah cool do you put down towels or anything or do you just like i do but i i miss them a lot of times but yeah i do <laughs> i have to put down towels and that
1: i didn't know i could do that until like within the last year and I do it myself.
0: Did you just discover one day during a masturbation? And is it like, Pew, or is it like, floo, floo. yeah, really? It's both. Yeah. I think you're the first person I've talked to who's like, yes, it goes.
1: Wow. It's shocking. Have you ever
0: videoed it in slow-mo? That's no. a weird question.
1: <laughs> no, I haven't. I could, but no, I have not done
0: that. Wow. <laughs> okay. Does it always come with an orgasm? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it always, well, actually, I
1: used to think that it would be at the end, but it's not always at the end of like when I don't want to be touched anymore because yeah, you get to that yeah. point, right? Where it's just like, OK, we are done now.
0: I do if it's a high peak orgasm or an explosion orgasm, to use your terminology. <laughs> Wait, what's the name for the last one of vibrator? Is that just a squirtgasm or does it have a different like shape? You said it's really big, like it's everything or something. Like, I don't have a good name for it, but it does, it feels more whole body. Like
1: the explosion one feels really kind of centralized too, but it's definitely more whole body role.
0: Yeah. Are you a person who enjoys their asshole getting touched at all?
1: Yeah. Do you have
0: ass I don't know if I have
1: ass but I do enjoy it. I like anal and I like fingers, especially... (laughs)
0: If I've had time to prepare, because otherwise I'm just a little tense and it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yes, absolutely. Well, I have been reading Nina Hartley's Total Guide to Sex and referring to certain sections, and I just am obsessed with her first little tip of like, you don't need a full enema. Most of the time you could just fill a lube gun with some water and like just rinse because it's like skin. It's just the inside of a tube and so that's usually enough unless you're doing some like crazy crazy stuff enemas can actually the store ones can dehydrate you like there's some downsides of doing a full enema and sometimes they can apparently backfire and cause more stuff so i'm not a big enema doer i'm sort of just a risk taker of like i do my best i make sure but i didn't i wish i'd had the like lube gun trick soon and i like try to time it with coffee and whatever so i just want to share that tip because i want to go to the like yeah, that's yeah that's a yeah, good I tip yeah yeah i appreciate that tip. tip so are you new to anal sex or is it something that you did dabble in before yeah we dabbled in that before
1: so i'm not completely new but i wouldn't say it's frequent i have a butt plug that i like to wear sometimes i do it
0: even just when i'm by myself yeah i um, just because i enjoy it do you ever wear it while you're getting fucked Mm-hmm. It's so good it's so good is it like a metal or a glass or a... Yeah, it's a stainless steel, oh, stainless steel. and I got it because it was
1: purple and it's probably... Yeah, so I've got a story there. I love purple and it was one of the ones with a jewel on it, but it was a little large okay. and I was like, it'll be fine. But one time I inserted it a little too quickly and I don't remember the medical term for it, but it like triggered that nerve and I was like, oh. My hearing went weird and my sight went weird. Like things were blurry. Oh I started gosh. immediately sweating and not sexy anymore. Like all gone now. And I went back into the bedroom and my partner looked at me and he was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're going to sit down. <laughs> like, are you all right?
0: Oh, oh my so, god.
1: Not that time, but just be careful. Don't be in a hurry. Don't, be, like, in a don't hurry. be in a hurry. It's okay. So
0: much of butt stuff is just mental relaxation, too. It's like, holy cow. So do you like playing with other people's buttholes? I do sometimes I'm timid about it, but I'll do it, especially
1: if they tell me that they like it. And honestly, that's only been one person, but
0: they express that they do like it. So I'll try, but I, yeah,
1: it's a little like it. I'm
0: not That's the best way to gain bold. confidence. No, I didn't, ha- I didn't have any boldness until I met a partner who was like actually into it. And then I had to like gain trust with myself and them. And then I was like, oh, okay. And now I'm like, can I? I won't do anything. <laughs> yeah. I always warn people. I'm like, I'm gonna play with the skin near your butt. It's a turn on. I was like, I will not go near any holes or inside any holes unless we have a specific conversation. Did it? You know, like that's the frames. Like mm-hmm. the, the people who are less experienced. Okay, is it something you're interested in, or is it like you do it for their pleasure, or like we'll see? Maybe it's unfolding. It's both, but yeah, I'm interested in it. Cool. What else are you interested in? What else have you learned about your kinky self? And specifically, maybe start with: Was there anything that like? you had wanted, but never explored? Like, did you have any of those textures?
1: So my other partner
0: identifies as dominant. And so getting
1: into that, we explore that space and it's very fun. And I keep learning more things like, oh yeah, impact. And oh yes, I do like being restrained. So one thing that's been important is that I don't tie all of that association to one person. So I've been actually conscious and active in getting involved in a local community, and actually last weekend i went kinky camping (laughs) that's (laughs) amazing there were all these workshops they did all these so it was really well done they did a great job but they talked about all these different things that seemed so scary and now i'm like okay well maybe i would be interested in trying that out so I know I've said impact and restraint a bunch. I love being bitten. I love, I like nipple play and nipple clamps and like we're pretty tough down here. So I do, I like pretty strong sensations that way. My partner and I, have, since we've been together for a while we've established some trust. We've had a lot of conversations and we have started exploring CNC a little bit and okay. I very much am a fan
0: okay. of that. Do you like the actual struggle version? Like, what is the flavor of yours? Just is not scary specifics.
1: <laughs> yeah, mostly just the struggle. If I'm 5'10", I'm a larger person. And so I like being matched in terms of strength. Yeah. And just being able to like really push back on
0: somebody and like be subdued is something that I like. That's super. That's, yeah, amazing. Also, I just love, I never know how tall people are. So whenever someone is, taller or shorter than me I'm always like whoa (laughs) or if they're my height I'm like oh that's my height literally every single time someone says how tall they are I'm like wow I never would have (laughs) known what specific types of impact do you enjoy is it hands what implements do you love and same question for getting tied down like is it more cuffs or ropes or do you care I like hands I like hands
1: a lot I even like getting hit in the face I actually like that quite a bit me too Combine that with dirty talk and other things, and it is chef's kiss. I like stingy kind of impact. So, you know, like whippy things and flogging. I like that very much. I haven't had a lot of experience with more thuddy things yet, but that's something I'm curious about and we'll explore. For restraints, like my preferred way to be restrained is with my arms over my head. If that's an option, I do like that. Standing, like, or laying, or either. Standing's good, laying's ideal, but being tied to a chair is very fun. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I like it when somebody just lays on top of me. Like, even Mm -hmm. if it's not sexual, like, kind of that squashed
0: feeling. Oh, me
1: too. I like that a lot. Nice.
0: Tell us specifics about oral sex, giving or receiving. What do you love? I prefer
1: giving. So my other partner, he knows himself very well. He's very good at giving me like constant feedback and praise than when I do the thing that he likes. Love that. So I can do that for quite a while. I very much enjoy pleasing him. I like and I'm working on deep throating a bit. There's still plenty of gagging, which is totally fine, but I'm just doing that more because I actually do like face fucking a bit. Unless I'm it's like between him and a wall. I don't like that. We tried that. I didn't what
0: like that. What do you mean? Like you're up against the wall?
1: Yeah. But if he's, like, holding my face, then that's good. Does that make sense?
0: So, like, if this is the wall, are you on your knees facing yeah. him? Facing him? Okay. Facing okay. him with my head against the wall. Okay. And, like,
1: that's too confined. Yeah. Also seems like it could
0: be a hard angle. Yeah.
1: But that's giving with men. I haven't yet given with a woman. Okay. So that's something I'm interested in trying. And then for receiving, I don't tend to like it that much. It's okay. It's lower on my interest mm-hmm. list, but I
0: find it more relaxing than erotic mm-hmm. most of the time. Okay. Do you enjoy receiving partnered oral stimulation on other parts of your body? Like, would you rather have a mouth on your nipples or neck or other Definitely. Places? Okay. Definitely on my nipples. And
1: I like hands on my neck. I like hands over my mouth. Mm. And if we can do all of those things at the same time, like that's great. That's
0: oh, amazing.
1: Great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. Oh, and I meant to ask about your nipples. Do they contribute to orgasm or they're just very... Sure. Okay,
1: they do. That's awesome. Yeah, they definitely do. I, I've come just off of nipples before.
0: When would you say you feel the most in touch with your body? Definitely when I've been investing
1: in that time by myself. When I make time to do that that's when I feel the most in touch with my body. When I'm with a partner and the focus is on me and I am just receiving, I tend to drop into that space pretty quickly. And just that's when I'm most in touch with my body. When I'm in some form of subspace, it can feel pretty floaty and kind of outside of my body. But a lot of times it's just like, The thing I like so much about Impact and BDSM and all of these things is the forced grounding that it gives me. It it really, I can't be in my head. I have to be in my body. And that is what I like about it the most.
0: I so relate to that. I cannot be any more present. And when I mix the like super presence with pleasure. Yes. Yes. It's awesome. When do you feel most desired and or appreciated sexually?
1: Mostly just praise and attention. When someone has focused their attention and energy on me, I can see it. Yeah.
0: What are some of your turn offs?
1: When someone is really down on themselves, when they're really harsh and feel that they don't deserve the pleasure they're about to receive, it puts me into more of a maternal state than like a let's play kind of a state. It's not bad. It's just not sexy for me.
0: I totally get that. I think one of the things I am being curious about in my own life right now is, oh, oh, I have all of this like sexual knowledge and ability to like offer care for people. How do I make a personal connection without caretaking? Mm -hmm. You know, especially when we are inevitably at very different places sexually 98% of the time. Is that something where you just make sure that like, time wise, you kind of like separate the nurturing need to hear your feelings moments from like the sexy times? Or is it something you just feel into? Like, is it partner dependent? How do you kind of like, balance those feelings?
1: It speaks to sexual attraction for me. Like I said earlier, if someone is really self aware, and knows how to communicate well, like I'm very drawn to that if somebody isn't and we don't already have a pre-established relationship and we don't have that trust and intimacy that we've developed together, then it's just like, okay, I don't want to carry this for you. I don't want to be responsible for that and like bring you in on this journey. Like if you're not already here next to me, it's just like, okay, well, you seem very
0: nice. Totally. I wish you well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If it's a partner that I'm already involved with, like, that's just like, you can ebb and flow out of those states.
0: Speaking of ebb and flow, how is it for you having this long distance relationship? And maybe talk a little bit about sexting or how you kind of like balance it and maybe transitions into the sexy parts or just whatever comes up for you around your long distance relationship. We'll sext fairly regularly and sometimes
1: we'll do video calls, which is very, very fun. It actually started, we were sexting back and forth and he goes, hey, do you want to see me come? And I was like, hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he video called me and there was no talking and he just finished and I just watched and it was super hot it was really really hot and then he hung up and that was it (laughs) and so from there I'll do it too sometimes where I'll be masturbating and he'll watch and he'll talk me through and It's very fun. So we do that. And it's just like, I believe that type of foreplay, like whenever you're not physically engaged, like you can be having foreplay all of that time. Like he and I can have foreplay for weeks and then see each other. And it's like, ready now? Like, yeah, let's go.
0: Totally. Do you have any like personal rituals you do before you meet up? It sounds like you have really cool self-care. For me, I would always like take a bath and do this transition and it was like part of that physical transition for myself that would get me ready to be in this sexy space which is also why I don't like last minute dates so I'm like hey are you free now can I come over Fuck
1: that. yeah
0: do you have anything like that
1: yeah that's a great question usually there's a good amount of time that it takes for me to physically get to wherever we're going, whether I'm driving or something like that, Mm -hmm. usually I'm driving somewhere. That time is super important for me to transition to being that space, because I am bridging. I'm going from one world to another world. And while those worlds, they're starting to kind of become a bit more enmeshed, they're not as divided. But I do need that time to transition mentally to getting ready to be there with him and be present. And back out again, too, at the end of it. Right. There needs to be another set, clear time. Because usually when we're together, we are having sex like the entire time. Totally. Like that's pretty much what we do.
0: It's my ideal relationship. I don't see you too often, but when I do, we're just fucking and then we talk like humans in between. Great.
1: Yeah, exactly. But so there does need to be a transition at the end where we'll, you know, go for a walk or go grab a meal or something. And it helps transition back
0: amazing do you have anything else to say about porn or sharing nudes it sounds like you do some of the sexting do you share nudes of yourself yeah I'll share nudes of myself with someone that I'm
1: well acquainted with yeah I'll do that it took a while at first I would keep them all to myself
0: oh but I love that you had some for yourself yeah I would love to do like a boudoir shoot but they're so expensive
1: but yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, I know. It's one of my grand dreams to work on making stuff like that accessible for all. And when I get a fleet of mobile dungeons, there's going to be boudoir shoots available everywhere. (laughs) 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 What about personal porn and or porn that's produced by others that you may or may not consume? Like, does that turn you on at all watching visuals? Visuals
1: doesn't get me so much. I like audio erotica. That's more my speed. I'll watch porn if a partner wants to do that together. I've tried it and it's fine. It's not a Problem, but it's just, it's not something that I gravitate towards. Yeah. Recently, there was one homemade one of me giving him a blowjob. And like, when he showed it to me, I was like, that's weird. I don't know about that. And then later I was thinking of it. Sometimes it's delayed for me, but several days yeah. later, I was like, actually, that was kind of hot.
0: Yeah. That was the same for me with my first doll. And it was like, oh, I don't know. And then I was like, I want to watch it again and again and again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What about group sex sex parties sex clubs is any of that on your horizon it sounds like you are going to play events yeah the play events are fun I'm i'm finding
1: some community there so some needs are being met with that group sex is not something i've experienced yet but it's definitely we're gonna make that
0: happen yes. for sure that is on the horizon amazing how are you finding this community? Is it through FetLife? Is it something else? Like, what's the method that's working for you? Actually, I matched with someone on one of the apps, and
1: I reached out and said, hey, are you interested? He said he was a rope dom, and I said, are you interested in, like, do you need people to try or practice with? Because I'd be open to that. And he's He said, well, are you involved in the community at all? And I thought to myself, no. Yeah. <laughs> And so I started Googling and looking into that. And I I found one that really seems to align with my personal values. And I went to one party and that was, like I said, that was a very positive experience within that organization. I went to the kinky camping event. That was also very positive. I've got another one on Saturday that I'm going to go to. So it's just meeting the people. I'm going to start volunteering with them as well, because I'm, I'm just really looking for a community that's sex positive and open and welcoming and just shameless because they're awesome. They're awesome. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. I also love the idea of kinky camping because it sounds like not everything could happen in the middle of the fucking night. Like maybe you have to do some daytime activities that's the hardest thing about a lot of the community here in LA is it starts at 10 p.m., which means midnight or 1 a.m., which is my sleeping hours.
1: Yeah, it was all weekend. Lots of kink happening all the time. It was great.
0: Could you speak to the balance between family and dating and yourself? Spinning, like spinning plates, okay. for sure. I was like, because I'm just thinking about me trying to keep track of one person and a cat and some plants. And I'm like hearing your stories and you also seem so calm. And I'm like, oh,
1: oh, that's nice.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it cannot be denied that none of this balance would be happening without my husband, like I, there is no way I could experience these things without his full awareness and support of what I'm doing. And it is reciprocated for him too. So he has his own path that he's doing. So for family, we have dedicated family time that is structured around this place and us individually. So we have that set in place. He and I are extremely good parenting partners. So Thanks. we have lots of ongoing conversations and it's so much talking. That's <laughs> it's amazing. Just, it just, it has to be And when we first started, it seemed like that balance slid too far in one direction. And I was hearing from our kids, like, you know, I miss you. Can we do this thing together? And so I said, okay, so like, I need to be more deliberate and conscious and like, remember what is here but at the same time like i don't have to sacrifice all of me to provide this thing that i thought i had to be in order to be a good mother like that's been another whole journey on its own so we partner together and communicate like what each of us needs and then also make sure that there is plenty of stability for our children and then when it comes to balancing like dating, like I just have to be really clear with anybody who's interested, like time is limited. Like my time is precious. Like this is what I can offer. And if that sounds good to you, like we can explore, but if you
0: need more, like we can't go forward. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And also just thank you for taking time out of your super busy schedule to be here with us and share your wisdom. I appreciate the opportunity because during so
1: much of that middle part, I felt so isolated and I really felt like I was the only one experiencing these feelings or feeling this way. And I doubt that I am, but it's hard to know. So I just wanted, that was a huge reason for me wanting to be here is just to put out there that my story in case it impacts somebody
0: else. It undoubtedly will. It undoubtedly will. What are your hopes for your sexual self going forward? I hope that it
1: continues to be adventurous and that I can continue to explore both myself and my own place in this world, as well as get to know other awesome humans and share beautiful experiences with them. Fuck yes.
0: And if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say?
1: I would go back to like just like pubescent me and really have those conversations about consent and what to expect and what I should expect for myself as I move through the world just to set that tone and context at that age I think is
0: what I would do. Fuck yeah. Freebird, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful stories especially with all of the limited time that you have.
1: Thank you so much for all the work that you do and for having me.
0: I appreciate it. My pleasure. Do you have a sex question for me? Yes.
1: My question for you is what do you think we should do to help make the world a sexier place?